Thinks time. CrossFit Games champion. Tia Claire Toomey. Tia Claire Toomey! I don't care what those naysayers say, you know. Oh, she's on steroids or, oh, no, she's not good enough. She She's only been doing it for 12 months. Well, I'm going to show you. Before having Willow, I was like, oh, of course I'm going to love my children, you know. like. But the impact that Willow has had on my life, words can't even describe. And when I want to break down and I want to cry and I want to walk out the gym and, you know, slam the barbell down because we all have those days. I have to remind myself that, no, I have little eyes watching me and I want to show her that we can face our challenges. We can fail day after day, but get back up and keep moving forward. There was people accusing me of, you know, harming my child. There was people saying that I was, you know, my baby was never going to survive. All all this stuff that, of course, as someone that is new to the experience, that is the last thing that I want to do. Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden and Benjamin Halden. Today's guest is unbelievable and probably the one that I've been looking forward to the most. Tia Claire Toomey, an Australian weightlifter and CrossFit Games athlete. After winning her sixth consecutive title at the 2022 CrossFit Games, Toomey has won more titles than any other athlete in the history of the sport. Okay, you can stop pretending to be a professional and be excited about it. It's incredible. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah, Tia is an absolute inspiration to both me and Lucy. And it's so funny because we were only just watching Tia on the fittest on earth probably a week or two as motivation for gets you riled high rocks up. and it does get you riled up she is now recently a mother as well so we are going to be speaking to her about her transition from athlete to motherhood in this week's episode we also speak about the champion mindset and what it takes to build that mental resilience and also dealing with some of the negative comments that came through from people on social media during this transition along with her time following the games and if you would like to hear more from Tia in more depth about her champion mindset and about her career and just being an inspirational woman in sport, you can grab a book from tomorrow, which is called The Heart is the Strongest Muscle. And I'm definitely looking forward to diving more into this. And amazingly, she's already narrated the Audible version as well. So if you are a podcast listener and you prefer to listen to things rather than read things, you can also take a deep dive into that. Enjoy this week's episode, guys. We know you will. Well, Tia, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. The heart is the strongest muscle. What do you mean by this? Well, for me, it goes back to when I was growing up as a child. It was one of those things where my parents would always just say, you know, give it your best effort and, you know, show me how big your heart is. And, you know, the way I interpreted that was just absolutely laying everything out on the floor, on the field, whatever sport I was doing, whatever, you know, drama piece I was doing, no matter what it was that I was doing when I was growing up, it was about being a part of the experience and really just giving it my best and and being true to me, being me. Uh, and I think, you know, the heart is the strongest muscle. It really comes down to no matter what you do in life, who you are as a person, when you put absolutely everything of you, of yourself into that one thing, then you're going to 
far exceed any expectations or or any realization that you you never you you may not have even thought it was possible and originally but when you really put your whole heart into it you are amazed of what you can accomplish and i think that 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 to me is is uh you know why i titled my book the hardest is strongest muscle yeah i love that and how much how much of that do you think has played into your success as an athlete because the willingness to to go one extra and to do more when nobody's watching because that's that's the big thing right is it's easy to put the bar down when you're not on the crossfit floor or to stop the row a few meters short when you're not under the bright lights of the stadium but it's when nobody's watching you is when you really have to try and push absolutely and you hear anyone that has have done something with their lives you know it's it's the grind that they talk about you know uh they talk about it taking you know 10 plus years to really start seeing success in a business that's starting to thrive and people just think it's an overnight success you know it's one of those things where if if you really put absolutely everything into it you know who knows how far you can you can go and the heart is definitely a key component to exceeding expectations and and pushing the limits because if you don't if you don't have passion behind what you do if you if you don't love what you do then you're not going to push past those barriers and it's going to be really hard to find that momentum and and that motivation that we always are constantly striving to find just so that we can just show up day after day and really embrace that grind, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I talk a lot about in my book is the mental fortitude. So I do think, though, it comes hand in hand. So, of course, you have to have the heart, but, you know, you also be, have to physically be able to do it, but you also have to mentally be able to do it. And that was one thing that as a little kid and you know, not to say that you need to know this as a little kid, but my dad always said when I was little, hey, Tia, you need to feed the mind. And I think I even talk about it in the book where I literally thought dad meant like, go home, have bacon and eggs, you know, feed that mind so that you can <laughs> show up the next day and, you know, you have the energy. And that's important too. But as I've mm. matured, as I've gotten that experience in competition and, and throughout my career, I realized, no, what he meant was is you need to believe in yourself. You need to tell yourself that you can do it, that you can achieve it. You need to back yourself and you need to constantly, and I talk about this in my book, feed the good wolf. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that saying, but no. No. we have you know a good wolf or a bad wolf and well um but essentially it's it's something that i actually read in a book like in a self-help book and i really thought it was so great because it simplifies things you know and say you know say that you've got two devils or or an an angel and a devil on your side right and you want to feed the angel you know you want to feed them all the good stuff so that you're reassuring yourself how positive and how good you're doing so that you can believe in yourself you can 
you know, overcome challenges and, and you can keep pushing forward. But it's so easy. And most of us, whether we realize it or not, we're our hardest critics. And we're actually really hard on ourselves. And a lot of the time, we're feeding that bad wolf side, mm. you know, that devil on the other side, when we should be really starving it and, you know, changing the framework of rather thinking negative, thinking positive. Because when we start thinking negative, then the ne- negative effects start to happen. Say, for example, we're in the gym and, and, you know, we're just having a really terrible day and we go in and, you know, one thing after another happens, you know, like, ah, damn, you don't have the right socks on or, you know, oh, man, you just like feel a little bit sore and stiff, ah, back squats, you didn't get what you wanted to hit, you know, and it just starts rippling because you're, you're constantly feeding yourself these negative thoughts. Whereas if you start and you realize that and you stop that and you think, nope, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm going to shut that down and I'm going to actually start talking positive. Like, no, no, no. Hey, all good. I'm going to PR now in these random socks that I'm wearing. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's one of those things that you you need to constantly be aware of. And, and this is something that I wasn't aware of until I actually started really diving deep and, you know, listening to podcasts, reading self-help books, like, all these tiny little things that I didn't put enough emphasis on prior to competing and, and, you know, tapping into my true potential. And once I started understanding that and, and comprehending that side of things, that's when things started to open up for me. And I started to be a lot more open-minded. I started to shut down that bad wolf and I started to really feed that positive, that good wolf. Um, and, you know, started reiterating to myself, like, nah, I freaking got this. Like, Mm. I don't care what those naysayers say, you know, oh, she's on steroids or, oh, no, she's not good enough. She, she's only been doing it for 12 months. Well, I'm going to show you, you know, you turn it around and you turn that into positive rather than dwelling on people you don't even know and you'll never even meet in your life. So, and these are all things that I... Sorry, we kind of gone off your question. No, and, no, and it's all mindset base. It's great. It, but it, it all kind of comes back together. And this is what I talk about in my book. And we go through, you know, the why and finding your why and why it's important to have a why. And then, you know, we go into talking about the momentum and creating really good momentum because motivation is only temporary. And so, and what I mean by that is because we're always looking for that motivation, right? You know, we go on Instagram, we find those hype reels and we're like, oh, wow, that was so inspiring. I'm going to go in and charge. But that's only good for five minutes. What we're looking for is longevity. We're looking for that momentum to keep the clogs ticking over so that we can showing up day after day, no matter what challenges we face. And that's where that heart comes into it, you know having that passion, having that drive and determination and really feeling and believing in it so that it's not just a temporary thing. It's a goal that you're going to try and constantly keep pushing and achieving. I was just going to say as well, even listening to that, I'm sat there thinking, this is riling me up in general. So talking about (laughs) mindset is so important because I think a lot of people 
would look at you and look at your accolades and your successes and think, well, like, look at her, she looks really strong. But actually the mindset side of things and then touching on what is your why, what what is your why? Has it always stayed the same? And why do you do what, what you do? Yeah, uh, you know, my why's changed almost every year, to be honest. And it's it's had to because as a person, I've grown and I've evolved and I'm no longer that person you know, back in 2014 when I first embarked on this journey. And I'm also no longer that person back in 2022 that's won six world championships. I'm I'm a mum now. I'm so different to what I was before. And even now I'm starting to like try and figure out like, of course my why is now my daughter and my new family and, you know, what Shane and I are building. But there's something deeper there now, you know, and it's, it's, it's so fascinating. And so as you grow and you evolve as a person, your why grows and evolves as well. And you have to be okay with that and you have to understand and identify that. But back in the day, and this is crazy because it's come full circle, my why was as simple as just creating memories and creating stories for my future children. And that's simply uh-huh. what got me into this and thought I thought, you know what, I'm not going to just sit back and, you know, live an ordinary life, which is not a problem. That is not a bad thing. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm not having a go at someone that wants to do that because sometimes I envy that. But for me, I was like, no, I want to be able to have these memories and, and I have these stories to tell my future children because I want them to go out and live extraordinary lives, no matter what it is they're interested in. Is it playing the piano? Is it traveling the world? Is it being a marine biologist? Whatever it may be, I want them to go in with their heart on their sleeve and absolutely crush whatever it is that they're passionate and that they love. And now fast forward, you know, 10 or so years, And I finally have a daughter to actually showcase that. And to me, it's just wild because I thought the day I felt pregnant would be the day I close that competition chapter of my book and I open a new one and I become just a mum. And I say just a mum because it's so rewarding. It's so damn hard. But it's, you know, I, I wanted to just solely focus on that. But throughout my pregnancy, I got this new fire deep down inside, you know. It it was almost like my heart just grew 10 times. And I I was like, you know what? Now I can actually show her. She can see me go out on that competition floor and wipe the floor. And so that is now my new why and my new motivation and, you know, what I'm going to help with creating that momentum moving forward. How much of that motivation as well comes in when you're thinking about being a mum now, whether it be with competition, whether it be with a workout, whether it be with an extra rep that I'm going to now do this for my child and, and how much does that kind of fuel the fire in the belly even more? It's hard to explain because, the reason I say it's hard to explain is because everyone knows what love is. You know, they they love their parents. They love they love that someone in their life, and and there is a a deep love and connection. And I truly thought I understood 
what it meant to love your, you know, like before having Willow, I was like, oh, of course I'm going to love my children. You know, like I love, I love my family. But the impact that Willow has had on my life, it, words can't even describe that feeling. And it actually makes me get really sad, which is not what we want because I want to train <laughs> vulnerability out of me. And I tell you what, as soon as I was a mum, huh, like waves of tears just come through me every single day in <laughs> so much happiness. And it's just, it's, com- it's completely wild. I, again, I want to reiterate, I'm a very different person to what I was prior to having real <laughs> But... You know, there's going to be hard days and don't get me wrong, there are some incredibly hard days as I'm coming back from having Willow and trying to get back to my strength, to my fitness and and actually trying to be the fittest and strongest I've ever been in my life. And I believe it can happen. Am I there yet? No, I still have heaps of time on my, uh, on my sleep. But those hard days that I know are just molding me into the mum that I want to be it's making me stronger and it's making me realize how important it is to be a good role model and when I want to break down and I want to cry and I want to walk out the gym and you know slam the barbell down because we all have those days I have to remind myself that no I have little eyes watching me and I want to show her that we can face our challenges. We can fail day after day, but get back up and keep moving forward because failure is how we grow and failure is not a bad thing. And I want her to embrace failure and I want her to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I want her to just be grown up and surrounded by facing adversity and being okay with it because that's how we build as human beings. That's how we grow and we become our true potential, no matter what it is that we're trying to be. I think it's amazing you talking about having Willow as well, because at the moment we're currently trying for a baby and I I, I have so much that I want to do. Like run a hundred miles, do this, do that, win here, compete. And you look at like the years ahead and it's almost, I am so excited to be a mum. It excites me, but it's also, I find it terrifying because my body's gonna change from being very athletic okay. to what it will be. My The thought of like the training will completely change. And I guess I'm also just wondering how you took that jump and how you knew because I think it's a really hard thing. Like we're in that stage now. I'm thinking, oh my God, when I'm pregnant, what the hell can I do? Can I run? Can I not? Like, what's the process? And I know there'll be a lot of people listening who I think feel the same way. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited for you guys. <laughs> that just makes me... Um Look, I, I mean, I've even got a tear just thinking about it. <laughs> I tell you, I'm an emotional wreck. But That'll be me. Firstly... That's just the most incredible thing. And it's it's one of those, it's the most rewarding thing in your lives, you know. Um, and for Shane and I, we've been wanting to be parents for many, many years, but 
you know, I just didn't know when the right time was. I wanted to keep getting my titles. You know, they were just so important to just keep building a brand and and pushing what's never been done before, you know. But when we did fall pregnant, my first reaction was like, oh, I didn't even get to say goodbye to my body, you know. So that is one thing that I want you to do is in the time that you have from now until the day that you fall pregnant and, you know, you go on that new journey, really embrace your body and love it and, and just be so grateful for it because it's, it's never going to be the same, but that's not a bad thing, you know? And it took me, you know, a month or so to really realize that. And it was almost like I was punched in the face and I was like, Oh my gosh. And as my body was, changing and developing and and you know starting to grow a human being inside of me I didn't comprehend it until that moment and I was like I didn't get to say goodbye but throughout your journey through pregnancy it's one of the most incredible things and not everyone goes through a an easy pregnancy I I'm very fortunate I went through an incredible pregnancy there definitely were times where I was so tired you know, I wasn't feeling well, all that stuff, but I wanted I wanted to embrace every single moment of it because you never know mm. if it's going to happen again. And you want to really be present and enjoy every moment of it. And also, I know so many people that unfortunately can't even experience that in their own lives. And it's, you know, it's a really hard time for them. So for me, it was just about embracing every minute of it. And when what I recommend to you to really encourage and uh, like embrace that whole experience or journey, if you will, is understand that you're going to have a little human being that the two of you have created that's going to be yours to love and cherish for as long as you can remember. And when we had Willow, a part of me was like, damn, why didn't we have her earlier so I could have spent more life with her? And so I say that because, don't get me wrong, I look back and I think we accidentally did it right because, you know, I don't look back with any regrets And, you know, some people, they fall pregnant and they're like, damn, I wish I'd done this before having a baby and all that type of stuff. But now and whenever that time comes for you guys, you can do it with them. Mm. And I do absolutely everything with Willow. And she will never be a reason why I don't do something. The Every decision I make will obviously be the best intentions for her, for our family and everything like that. But... You know, me going into competition and trying to win the CrossFit Games again this season, that it's to do it with her, you know, and that is a goal of mine. And I'm I'm very confident in that goal and it's going to be a very hard one. But can you imagine the stories and the memories that we're creating to talk about that? Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, I hold dearly to my heart and I just... For anyone that's kind of on the edge or a little bit nervous about making that step, 
I think you got to go for it because you never know what's around the corner and it's there's never a right time and I think that you need to just live life to its fullest every day and just go for it because they don't need to hold you back you you you're capable of doing absolutely anything that you want regardless of your situation you just got to be passionate and and love it and be willing to work hard for it no matter the situation you're in yeah i, I don't even think the world will be ready to to watch that new documentary when it comes out if if you achieve those goals with the, the little one as well because me and lucy were watching the one of the previous fitness games actually the other other evening we were both we in tears watching you um I on, think it was your, your sixth one we watched. Yeah, the sixth one. So, so I don't, I, God, God knows what people are going to be like and have to whip the tissues out when, when this one comes out. There'll be tears flooding everywhere. But I know that you mentioned that you didn't really get to say goodbye to your, your previous body. And I think if I'm correct, um, in terms of the way that you found out about the pregnancy was probably in the most tear way possible. If you don't mind me saying, was it during a workout? <laughs> Yeah, I was doing this workout and I was like, man, something is not right, Shane. Like, I am, like, so exhausted. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm in my off-season and and I'm trying to, like, get back into, like, the swing of things, you know. I, I like to have some time off after the games, but this was so different. And, like, they even, they, like, it was actually, I was doing a YouTube video and that, you know, we're going to do, like, a whole fun, like, oh, um, <laughs> do the the workout with Tia but I was so slow that they had to edit it <laughs> so that it made me faster and I was like oh man something's gonna like something's happening and then that's when we actually went and did some further like actual tests and it comes out that <laughs> oh no I'm not adrenal fatigued or anything like that I'm just pregnant and so yeah that was that was hilarious like the fact that he had to like re-edit the video, like <laughs> it's wild. That's amazing, and and you, you've obviously spoke about that briefly. The I suppose mental transition from athlete to mum. How did you find yourself dealing with that? I suppose identity change at that point, uh, as all your life you'd you'd been an athlete, and. A lot of that requires sacrifice, dedication, even being selfish at, at some points. And you're now a mother with those new responsibilities and another person person in your life. And I think you even spoke about before with identity, and it's often quoted that sometimes identity lags reality by two years, so it can take take some time for that mental transition to, to sort of come through as well. Yeah, no. So... Um... Every year I have to evaluate what I want to do. You know, does Shane and I want to, and I have to consider Shane in this. Obviously, he's my husband, but he's my coach as well. And so, you know, if I commit to a whole nother year, he, I need him committing as well. And, you know, every year we have to reevaluate, is this something that we want to continue? Because it is a hard slog. And it's one of those things that you have to ask yourself if it, if it's worth it. If, you know, we're both in it and, you know, are we still passionate about it? Because if you don't love it, and don't get me wrong, there are many days where I'm like, I am done. This is so <laughs> frustrating, you know. But deep down, you know you're not done, you know. You know 
this is just a part of the process. I have to trust in this process. And, you know, this is, this is the path through to the end. And when, I guess, when I realized I was pregnant, for the first time in my life, I actually was quite jealous of a, a male, like just a male in general, mm. because like I, and I looked at a training partner who, who had, um, he's had kids himself, but his season was never affected by it. You know, where, where he didn't have to compete. It was obviously affected by it where he'd probably have late nights and all that good stuff that comes with newborns. But for the first time I'm in my life, I was like, wow, like I literally have to give up a season to have a child and I can't go and defend my title. But I had to like completely turn that around and it's kind of like what I was talking about early on about feeding that good wolf, bad wolf situation, right? Now I could look at it at, in a way of like, wow, he doesn't get affected by it, but I do. And now I have to sacrifice or give up a whole season to have a child. Like how unfortunate. But that I think is a very sad way to look at it because, you know, one, I'm, I'm playing victim and, and I'm actually feeling sorry for myself. Whereas it should be a happy moment, you know, and there's more to life than competing. There's more to life than, you know, um, uh, like going and doing a season as a competitor. And that's when I started to re realize like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to look at it like that. I'm not going to look at it like, oh, poor me. I have to do all these sacrifices. Look at what I get to do instead of doing that. I get to start you know, really diving deep into our business. And there's days where when I'm training, training has to take a number one priority because that's the goal. And my business has to take the second or the back seat because I just don't have that time on that particular day to attend to that email or, or that situation or, or, you know, whatever it might be. Whereas when I was pregnant, I had a lot more time on my hands because I wasn't in the gym. So I was doubling down on my business. And, you know, there were so many other things that I got to do that normally I would be at the gym that I'd be missing out on. And once I started to really change that frame of mind and start to, to you know, prepare for a baby and, and make sure I was eating and drinking enough to, to make sure I was supporting the child and, and helping it grow into a really strong human being, that's, I, I just completely changed my frame of mind and I was thinking positively. And I think that that helped contribute to being really happy throughout my pregnancy. And everyone told me, oh, wait till the last four weeks. You're going to, you're going to blow up and it's going to be horrible and you won't, you won't, um, you can't wait to have your child. And I was like getting to like, you know, 40 weeks and I was like, I'm still loving it. Does this mean I still have another four weeks to go? But that's because I did what I felt was good for me. And it kind of comes back to your question as well a little bit earlier. You know, do you work out? Do you not? You know, who do you listen to? Who do you not? 
And it's very important to listen to your doctor that you've decided to go with and that you're getting that guidance and, you know, reassuring reassurance that you're doing the right thing, you know, all, all that stuff. But I listened to my body and I tell you what, in the first trimester, I didn't want to move anything. Like I told you, I was so slow in a workout, they had to fast forward me in the, <laughs> in the edit. But leading like throughout my, halfway through my second trimester and into my third trimester, I loved going to the gym. It was so refreshing and it was so, so enjoyable. And for the first time in many years, I actually enjoyed going to the gym. And that sounds weird because like my job is to go to the gym and train, but it's been so long that I've been able to, that I've gone into the gym and not had to worry about winning, that it was refreshing and it was so, it was so healthy for me men- mentally and physically and so you know it's I think it's just so important again coming back to changing that mind frame and um, frame of mind and and really thinking and telling yourself positive things and and feeding that good wolf no matter the circumstance that you're facing because that's what's going to help you overcome that adversity that you're constantly facing and everyone faces different adversity you know, um, I actually did a video for someone. I never even met them before, and they, um, they just found out that their six-year-old son has has a brain tumor. And for me, it was so hard to do that video because I can't even comprehend what they're going through. And especially now having Willow, and you know, you you get really sad when you hear stories like that because there are people that are going through real problems and you know situations that are out of their control and but but since you know to think of your own daughter or son to go through that like it it was it was a very emotional thing and oh man I took like a hundred takes because I was constantly bawling through this video but it just reminded me of how positive, no matter the situation that you face, you have to feed yourself with positive reinforcement all the time because that's what's addictive and that's what's going to help you no matter what it is that you're facing. When you were pregnant, I think it's really important you spoke about listening to your body because everyone is so different. You're the fittest six times woman on earth. So you're you're gonna be so different to other people who will look at you on Instagram thinking, how is she doing this? How is she doing that? That's unsafe for the baby. Did you get quite a few comments like that along the pregnancy of like negative hate comments thinking, what T is doing is absolutely ridiculous and shouldn't be done and it's dangerous, but it's your body and only you know? Oh, didn't I? I'm surprised you guys didn't even see the, the the comments all the way over there. They just, you know what? We could have made built a bridge of all those comments. But I think you know, and don't get me wrong, they made me so sad because there was there was people accusing me of, you know, harming my child. There was people saying that I was, you know, that that my baby was never going to survive all all this stuff that of course as someone that is new to the experience that is the last thing that i want to do but 
it was so crazy because in my experience, if I sat down on the couch and did nothing, which is essentially what they were kind of telling you to do, like I would have been miserable. Mm. I almost would have been depressed. And I don't think that that would have been very good for the baby. And so I'm so glad that, one, I have a supportive husband where Shane was just reiterating to me like, hey, don't don't listen to that type of stuff. Like you need to, you need to focus on you. You need to talk with your doctor and you need to make sure that you feel comfortable and confident in every decision that you make. And as long as you are happy and you know that the baby is happy, you're monitoring your body every single day. And I was so in check with my body every single day. I knew when to expect Willow to to move. I knew how my body was feeling. And it's interesting, running was, you know, I've, I've done running my whole life. And running was the one thing that really left me sore you know, throughout the body the next day. And as soon as that happened, the first time I stopped, I removed it from any exercise. And, you know, as my belly grew bigger, there were exercises that I obviously couldn't do. And so I removed them straight away. But listening to my body, being so in check with myself, it was so important. And it pushed away all those negative comments because of course our lives are so built on social media these days it's it's you know how we communicate to our followers it's um it's how we build our brands and stuff so it's very important and it's something that we're constantly monitoring but i think it's so important that when you know and you have confidence in yourself that you're doing the best that you possibly can and that you Again, telling yourself that you are doing your absolute best and you know you're being safe and considerate to yourself and to your baby, then you can just wipe those comments out and just allow them to just float off into the negative air that you don't even want to be a part of. Because as a a pregnant woman, you want positive vibes, Mm. you know? Like that was one thing that I was very conscious of because I'm – I can be quite hot-headed. I can also be very high-strung. And, you know, anyone that's worked with me knows just how intense I can be, especially when I'm out to try and, you know, accomplish something. But when I was pregnant, I wanted to be so zen, you know, and if there was ever a problem, if it wasn't going to benefit me and my baby, I didn't want to hear any of it. And so... It's easier said than done, but just removing it from your thoughts and just blocking it out. And that's, again, coming back to that, feeding that good wolf and just reiterating to yourself that, no, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we definitely did see some of those comments from, from over the side of the pond. Yeah, we well. they, <laughs> they, they were they, really annoying. They, they pissed me like, off probably as much as it did. Did you? And I, I can't I, wait for those I actually comments. pulled one of them up. I think there was a, there was a comment which was, why women aren't allowed to just rest after having a baby will forever boggle my mind. Toxic, bounce back culture, just being per- perpetuated. Uh, per- perpetuated forever and ever. And the thing that I sometimes think about is just going back to the basics of through evolution, we would have lived in caves and you would have had to strap the child to your chest 
and then run away from danger and move away from weather and do all these things. But I think now because people are so moddy coddled and wrapped up in cotton wool, we forget about these times that human beings have existed through and pushed through and what the the oh. female body is capable and a child is capable of enduring. And if you always give the power to those sort of people, you'll forever just live under their, their toxic pull. So it, it's... Absolutely. And it's not even just about going through pregnancy, you know. It's it's anything that you do in life. People are always going to try and cut you down. And I think that that's really important to remind yourself that they're obviously not satisfied in their own lives. So whenever there's a negative comment or someone just trying to tear me down, I just I just can't help but feel sorry for them. And, you know, there's people that create platforms to... to highlight the negative and they must be so sad within themselves that it's it's just one of those things that you're like oh man like I'm, I'm sorry that that's how you feel in life mm. but I'm so glad I'm not like that <laughs> so you know you keep doing your thing but I don't envy any part of your life there so I think when you reiterate that as well and you know you can I, I think if you were to um to see you know compare your which you should never compare yourself to other people but if it if it's one way of overcoming negative comments that bring you down if you were to probably compare yourselves to those people I think you guys would be just absolutely mm. crushing it <laughs> how how did you I suppose in both parts of life with those sort of comments but also with being a champion what are the the real fundamentals and principles that you've built up in terms of your mentality and mental resilience over the past few years? There's a there's a bunch um, because I think they all go in hand in hand, kind of like what I was talking about earlier where it's, you know, the physical aspect, the heart aspect, and then the mental aspect. And I talk about all these and I go into a lot more depth in my book, but one of them for sure is what the why you know what is your why we also go into talking about the momentum and creating that momentum so it's long lasting versus just having a splash of motivation here and there because you want to be you want to show up day after day then the other thing is surrounding yourself with good people you are who you surround yourself with and I'm sure you guys have heard you know if you surround yourself with you know, five millionaires, you'll be the sixth. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things, it's it's the same thing uh, in everything that you do. So if you're, depending on what it is you're, you're aspiring to do, if you want to be a champion, you surround yourselves with champions. You know, and that might be different. Like there, there might be champions in different facets of life, right? But it's so important to surround yourself with like-minded people that are constantly trying to, grow and it's funny I was actually listening to something the other day and you know they're talking about how there's people in your life that you truly care about and sometimes it's hard because as you develop in life they may say that you're changing but what they're really meaning is that you're growing mm -hmm. and you're actually probably leaving them behind and I find it's very hard for a lot of people who care very deeply about those in their lives but are drawn back down because of those important people 
because they're just not leveling up to the same standard as the, as the other person. And, you know, there have been people in my life that I truly cared for, but when I realized that they weren't on the same trajectory as me and they weren't trying to, essentially the way I, I look at it is if they weren't willing to jump on the train that I was on, for me to accomplish my goal, then I needed to reevaluate how our relationship was going to continue. Mm -hmm. And there have been people that I've had to kind of deter away from so that I could actually go and accomplish my goal. Because if I tried to make it work and put a lot of energy into that, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't have a friendship or anything like that anymore. I couldn't keep wasting time justifying my actions on why I'm going and doing something when I should be putting those that energy into training and pursuing my goal. And so it was so important that as long as I knew also my side of the street was clean and I was never being nasty or, you know, I wasn't losing my values or morals as a person, one of my dear friends who I love very much as I've grown on this journey I haven't really communicated with them because I needed to go off and and do this journey with or without them and they just didn't understand that and that's okay our paths may cross again one day you know once they start to realize but I recognized that I needed to evolve and I needed to surround myself with like-minded people instead of people that were going to bring me down and deter me from my goals. And I kind of elaborate a little bit more on that because it's hard when you know, oh, this person's done that for me and I want to be, you know, grateful of this person and that person and, and all that stuff. You don't have to completely wipe them out of your life and, you know, be horrible to them. You just have to understand your surroundings and your environment that you're surrounding yourself in. And when you recognize that and you understand that, because sometimes it's hard for us, we get caught up in our lives, you know, the days go by, the months go by, the years go by, and before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, time time flies. Mm. But once you understand where you are in your life and who you surround yourself with, then you're able to recognize like, wow, okay, I need to I need to change things up. And then another thing is, is once you start understanding the people that you're surrounding yourself with, you're surrounding yourself with good people, then you can trust in your process. You know, for example, uh, when we very first started out in CrossFit, co- like a, a coach that we thought was really, really good, um, like Shane had me believe that he was programming for me so that I could believe in the program and I knew that I could get to the CrossFit Games. And Shane's theory was if I thought that I was doing Shane's programming because he'd never done it before, I wasn't going to believe in it. And so it's one of those things where you need to trust in the process. And so he was prepared to, you know, put his ego aside and, and all that stuff. And it's one of those incredible things that 
like doesn't get enough credit because it's a representation of how important it is to trust in the process and trust, you know, for in this instance, trust in the program so that you can go all in and believe not only in yourself, but in the work that you're doing. And then, you know, there's other things about, you know, not getting complacent and that really kind of was one of those things back up, like after a few years of winning the CrossFit Games, constantly trying to evolve as a person and not get complacent and think, oh, yeah, I've got this in the bag. Like every year there's going to be competitors. Every year, you know, people are training just as hard as you and you need to just constantly level up and just keep pushing the envelope so you're not getting complacent. And then, um, you know, just like there, there's so many. Sorry, I'm just I'm trying to rattle through like the chapters <laughs> in the book that I'm like have really been like key key pillars. Um, but I I want to like I do love emphasizing on how important it is to surround yourself with good people. One of the things you touched on there, and obviously we should give credit to Shane as well amazing now father husband and coach so myself and ben we work together we have businesses together we train together he's not my coach um how how do you think that's played or has it played a part in your success or what it's been like to have your coach who's also your husband because i can imagine we we go through certain things and it's you deal with it in different <laughs> ways. Um, but I was curious to see how that relationship is between you guys, maybe from like a yep. business perspective to then a husband perspective and shifting through that. There are definitely different hats. I think it helped that we were in a relationship prior to having a coach-athlete relationship. Um, when we very first started dating, we both were so passionate about sports that uh, I was actually uh, doing track training who my father, my dad was predominantly my coach when I was growing up. And, um, you know, that's how Shane and I hung out because, you know, we were, we were young and <laughs> mum and dad said like, you know, if you want to hang out, you guys go and play sports together, you know, like what else are you going to do? So <laughs> we are like, okay, yeah, we're going to go play. We're going to go train. Um so, you know, like he kind of had had adopted that role from the very beginning, which was really, um, really interesting now that we look back on it. And I think we just have a certain level of respect for each other. You know, when Shane's programming and coaching me, he's the boss, you know. He knows like every decision that he is telling me to do it's for the best interest in me and I understand that and I'm prepared to go all the way in order to step on top of the podium at the end of the year and nothing has changed there and it it just every year you know he he's pushing me so hard in the gym that I know that no matter what he gives me it's just going to make competition that much better you know not that it's easy but I'm going to be that much more prepared. Then when we're, when we're at home, uh, I probably wear the hat a little. <laughs> I'm, I'm the boss. Let's say that I'm the boss. Um, Don't let them hear you say that. <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, 
you know, it's one of those things we're very conscious of. We can get stuck, especially coming close to major competition. We can get stuck, you know, talking about training or, you know, what's coming up or um, that type of thing. But we have to try and be very conscious of like just shutting it down because when we talk shop, we talk shop in the gym. When we're home, you know, we're husband and wife. We're, we're, we're taking a time, a break because, it's so important to have balance in life, you know. It's, you know, we talk about, you know, hustle, 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 go, go, go. But you will get burnt out if you don't have the necessary rest. And so it's so important to have that balance in life. And as a father, I mean, you know, I'm very biased, obviously, but he is the best father. And, you know, it's just so special to see. But uh, one thing that I think we can both agree on is, we just have that level of respect for each other when it comes to business. Now, I'm a control freak and, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, like, we've had to really learn, you know, whose forte is, like, okay, Shane's really good at this in business, but I'm really good at that in business. And we've really had to evolve and work together to um I guess, not overpower each other or, you know, um, essentially find that level of, of um, uh, co- cohesion, if you will, when it comes to business. Because, you know, when, like, obviously Shane, like programming, that's Shane. You know, Shane's got that programming down pat, right? But, um, you know, with me and, and my... Um, sponsorships and stuff like negotiating and talking with companies and that type of thing well you know that's something that I'm more passionate about and so you know it we just try and really hone in on each other's strengths Mm. to lift our weaknesses and you know just work together as a team essentially Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's definitely helped it's it's challenging you know because it's if you you know work together live together you're always together you know you might need a break but we find our outlets in different ways as well and so um yeah it's we're very fortunate I will admit because being able to do things together every day all day like I I literally say this to Shane almost every day and he he says it back like we don't know how parents do it that have like a nine to five job and have to say goodbye to their child like every day. Like, I don't know how people do that. I, if I have to say goodbye to Willow, I'm like, maybe I'll see you in an hour, you know? And I'm like, you're not upset. It's just, it's crazy. Um, But we're just, we're so lucky that we've been able to really take the opportunities that have come our way and uh, work really hard and, and not waste any time mm-hmm. yeah and that's great to hear as well because we're in a similar boat with we're in businesses together podcasts we train together we live together so we it's very easy sometimes to let that seep into other elements of life like we can be on a walk and be like oh we'll end up talking about tax and emails again it's like no we need to we need to speak about other things in in life i know it's, uh, it's difficult sometimes <laughs> it just, to let it just creeps up things. out of nowhere and then the conversation just balloons and yeah yeah uh, but, so i'm Okay, emails is a big thing. And this is probably one of my weaknesses. Like I've, I, for years, 
I've wanted or thought like I need to attend to an email as soon as it drops into my inbox. And it's crazy. Like this year, I've literally deliberately tried to, and it's given me so much like, like I just Stress. feel unorganized, <laughs> but I have tried not to look at my emails. And at one point it got to a hundred unread emails and that to, to someone is like, oh, that's nothing. But for me, that is like, that's not junk mail. That is like legitimate emails that I need to attend to. And I like, I'm like, I have to be okay with it because Willow is the number one priority. Shane has, you know, the business is down pat and it's all, all working well and I have to train. And, you know, this is another um, key component to like um, the question that you asked prior is understanding your priorities because, you know, you may be doing a lot of different things, but something's going to have to give. And so understanding what your number one priority is, number two, three, four, allows you to make the best decisions for you as well. And that's why I had to push my emails aside. And whew, it's been a rough, rocky road <laughs> for that. But uh, sometimes, you know, you just, just gotta ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think on that as well as if you haven't read it, there's a really good book called Rocket Fuel, which is about a, a system called EIS. It's about two different types of business owners, one who's an innovator and one who's an integrator. Uh, and there's some really good things. That, and that's how we've split a lot of our tasks up moving forward. Now, even if they weren't necessarily the sexy tasks or the, the nice tasks to do, it's kind of playing into your strengths and weaknesses. That's, that's, that's a really good one as well. Um, but you were, you were speaking oh, about... Oh, cool. I'm going to have to get... Yeah, it's really good. You were speaking about the book, uh, this kind of element of two walls, which I really like, um, and sort of building that mental resilience. I, I know from just watching kind of your career early on, I think one of the observations that I made, I think especially for maybe the first couple of years of CrossFit, that there was probably an element of, of self-criticism and maybe a little negativity bias from just some of the interviews that were on Fittest on Earth, but then years to come, like it was like you were unplugged. You were just confident in what you were doing. You were uh, taking the lead. You were taking charge. What what changed in that period with your mindset um, to help you kind of switch from those those two individuals? Yeah, good question. It's one of those things where I was such a young athlete, and you know, being in front of cameras was so foreign to me. But when I first started to compete in CrossFit, competing was the goal, you know, like just being out on the competition floor was why I trained. And it still is, but it's different now because I see myself as a champion, you know, visualization, it's, an, it's another key component. But at that point in my life, I was just so happy to be there competing and, you know, showcasing my hard work and participating was enough for me. And I think, you know, growing up in Australia, you, you know, you're, you're a good sportsman. You have good sportsmanship. You, you're humble, you know, and you're not, you're definitely not too cocky. And when I was exposed to the American market, I definitely felt there was a lot of people that were cocky and 
overly confident and there's nothing wrong with that but it was a very different cultural shock for me because I always felt like you needed to be very humble not shy but you just needed to you know thank you you know like let your actions let your performance speak louder than words and it wasn't until I actually heard an interview uh, I think it was actually Rich Froning and he mentioned, you know, um, he goes to the CrossFit Games to win and if he doesn't win, he he's not happy or, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to compete if he's not winning. And I genuinely thought that was so sad. I was mm. like, like, what? I thought you go to compete because you love it, you know? But I didn't comprehend or understand what he truly meant until I came second for the second year in a row. And in 2016, when I came second again, I realized I'd been holding back this whole time. And it wasn't because I wasn't confident because I, if you ask any one of my family members, I was so confident when I was little, you know, I, I was the most confident in my family and we kind of laugh about it because we're like, wow, you know, like tears shy, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> but it was because I just didn't, I just didn't have a goal of winning the CrossFit Games. And so when I actually thought, you know what, stuff this, I'm not just going to go there and compete anymore. My goal's to win. Well, then I actually won. Like it, it was almost like I just, not that I, I didn't, at the time, I didn't think, oh, I'm like too scared to succeed. But it was almost like without realizing it, I was too scared to put myself out there. And so once I realized like, nah, I'm going to freaking go out there. I'm going to do my thing because I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to win it. And as soon as I won it or as soon as I did said that and I seen myself as a champion, I won it. And I think that that's the difference, you know, seeing yourself as a champion, visualizing that and actually going after that versus just going day by day. And, you know, I, I realized like, hey, why do I train so damn hard just to participate? Mm-hmm. Why not win the damn thing? Yeah, and that that make I think that that journey in itself of what you just described makes perfect sense. And there's, there's there's kind of a quote that I know my my friend who runs a podcast called Modern Wisdom and spoke about quite a few times, which I suppose epitomizes that. And it's that you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Outwork your self doubt. And I'm guessing that evidence of the wins is what then contributed to the confidence because we can have that delusional optimism that we are great, but until Mm. you prove that, it's often difficult to believe it, I guess. And just like experience, you know, experience goes a long way. And, you know, you look at all the greats, you know, just anyone that has really excelled. And and I'm being quite biased here, just talking, referring to sports and championships there. But... Um, you know, like only because the Australian Open has been on lately and um, Novak Djokovic was playing, but you've also got Nadal, you've got Roger Federer, you've got, you know, Serena Williams, um, so many incredible athletes. And you can see 
from their experiences as, as athletes, as they've grown and matured as athletes, as humans over the years, just how much harder it is to beat them because that it just builds, you know, and, and that confidence, it just thickens. And, but that's why complacency is, you know, making sure you never get complacent is so important because yeah, you can have all that experience and then, you know, you start to shut down or you start to, you know, think, oh, you've got it in the bag. That's when it gets dangerous, you know, and that's when your title is at jeopardy. So I think it's really important that, you know, with experience comes so, so much power, but it also could be the detriment as well. And also what you spoke about before, because we, when you were speaking about who you surround yourself with and the group of people who are around you, I imagine when you do start winning these titles and you don't want to become complacent, that's when it is so important to actually have people to come back and tell you and to be told, like, to put you back in your place, whether to humble you if it's getting too much. That's also a point of it where... They not only need to be positive, they need to know you well enough to to keep you going and put you back or ground you again. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a difference between keeping you grounded and and making you realize like, hey, don't forget where you came from versus someone negative trying to bring you down. And, you know, I I like to call them the the snake in the grass. You want to cut that out, you know, mow your lawn so you don't see any snakes (laughs) in your grass. But um, you know, there are people like, for example, like Shane, he is not afraid to tell me to pull my head in when I need to. Um, so like, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, and I have many friends, family members that definitely keep me in line and, and make sure that, you know, I never get too cocky, never get too confident. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm remind like I'm remembered of, what we've what, what we've come from and you know how hard we've had to work for it one of the final questions that i just wanted to ask Tia was what does Tia's morning routine now look like after becoming a mother <laughs> oh shit show that's great yeah yeah but i oh mean i i definitely am trying as we are evolving like as we're getting into the season i'm trying to get a little bit more routine but the reality is is you know like i'm just i'm trying to get enough sleep for sure <laughs> so so what talk us talk us through what it looks like at the moment are you are you training in the morning what time are you getting up what what's kind of the first thing to hit the belly in the morning to keep you fueled yeah so i'll wake up we'll actually have a little bit of play time with willow um and then, you know, we have breakfast and I really love bacon and eggs. So, um, you know, we definitely have like a bacon and egg burger kind of thing. Um, depending on how much training I've got, I either have two to three eggs and then, you know, a bunch of bacon, avocado. It's very high fats and just something that just I really love. Um, and it's just so tasty because mm-hmm. I've got to keep it, keep it interesting because, you know, this is like an everyday thing. Um, we've also lately been having, um, there's this really nice yogurt here in like where we're from in Australia. And so, um, 
we devour that almost every morning as well with <laughs> granola. But depending if I have a track session in the morning or we're just going straight to the gym, um, once we have um, hung out with Willow, you know, made sure she's good just before she goes down for her morning nap. And we tr- typically get it on the way to the gym. So uh, we never want to be too late for that. But um, we'll, like, normally I would stretch in the mornings. But now what we've had to do is, um, while she's sleeping, get to the gym and then I stretch at the gym. And so um, another thing that I used to do religiously in the mornings was read. But now I read at nighttime because just in the morning, you know, she tends to wake up a bit before us and, you know, she plays in her little crib and, uh, you know, we try and get at least half an hour of her just entertaining herself so we can get a little bit more shut-eye and then wake up. And actually there's been nights where I've just slept in the other room just so that I can get a little bit more sleep um, and, you know, Shane takes one for the team. So <laughs> I'm very, very lucky there. But... um. Then once we get to the gym, it's it's a you know all hands on deck and we're just training. We've actually um, with Willow, we if my mum and my grandparents are there, then they look after her and keep her entertained. You know, take her swimming and you know do all the fun things with her. But if it's just Shane and I, um, you know, we will juggle that. Obviously, Shane takes care of Willow a little bit more than me, but. Um, we have like a little playpen for her. So she goes in, plays with, you know, all the toys and stuff and watches me lift and, Aww. you know, do workouts. And, you know, one day she actually, I was in the middle of a workout and she just started like clapping and cheering me <laughs> on. And it was so awesome. Uh, and, you know, she loves watching me snatch, which is really funny because she almost just stops everything and just stares and watches. Um, but then once we do our gym session, because sometimes, depending on the t- time of the season too, we have like either a triple day or, or a double day. So, you know, that may mean like going back home in the middle of the day, doing the run later at night, whatever it looks like. But once I'm finished training, then we try and go to the beach and go for a walk or, you know, go swimming, do something, you know, family time, having that balance. And, you know, poor Willow, she's been at the gym all day. So, you know, we want to <laughs> entertain her. And she loves going and watching either Shane play um, shoot hoops at the basketball court or watching kids play around at the park. So we go and we're those creeps that just watch kids at the park with Willow. <laughs> um, but she just absolutely loves it. And, you know, she doesn't get a whole lot of time with kids. She's more so around adults. But... um I think she's she's definitely learning just every single day and just it's just really cool to see her develop and then, you know, watch me go through our normal routine too. I think it's amazing as well because it almost sounds like you're learning every day and everything's new and adapting yeah. and it's obviously really nice for like us to hear because we've got all this coming and juggling things and having each other to rely on. But honestly, Tia, this was one of the most wonderful podcast episodes, especially for me as well as like a woman in sport um, who's very strong and wants to empower women. It's so nice for you to be able to share your whole journey with everyone as well. And when, so firstly, when is your book released so everyone knows? And then secondly, where can more people find you? 
Yep. So um, I'm all over the social media platforms. Um, head on over to like my Instagram, YouTube, um, you know, TikTok. There, there's so many platforms I can't keep up. But um, my book is actually released on the 13th of um, February. And from now until then, I'm actually doing this really cool thing that I thought, you know, might interest some people. Um, but anyone that pre-orders my book from now until the 13th of Feb will go in the drawer and I'm going to pick someone to actually have like a one-on-one -on -one phone call. They'll get a signed copy and, you know, get a workout with me. So I'm really excited cool. to find a winner out of that. Yeah, it would be really cool. So, you know, kind of elaborate a little bit more on the book and, um, yeah, just connect with people from all over the world. Have, have you just been narrating the book as well? I have. Oh, my goodness. That's well, sick. and um, someone would have thought that English was my second language. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was an interesting experience and something that I, I mean, it was a lot of fun. The first day was quite frustrating because um, the lady that was helping me, she was American and. Yeah, she basically thought I was pronouncing every word wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the accent, just different accents. Yeah. yeah. Man, it was it was a really it was really great. So, um yeah, you can get it on Audible, Audible as well. That's cool because I, I think a lot of our listeners would probably yeah, I was gonna say um that. love to listen to it via, via audio as well and hear more of uh of your voice so that'd be great and we'll obviously push that out to our yeah. to our listeners when that Hopefully goes live they don't get sick of my voice <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sure that... the australian accent is much nicer than our accent yeah. we've got quite harsh british <laughs> accents the aussie accent's far nicer mm -hmm. that's yeah. great <laughs> yeah and i'm sure a lot of people have been listening today and who will listen to the book will be massively thankful for it and i think for us there's there's quite a few women in sport like Serena Williams and Paula Radcliffe and, and you're definitely one of those women in sport who's inspired a lot of women who's inspired athletes to work harder mm -hmm. and I'm sure will inspire mums to be the best mums that they can be so we just want oh. to say thank you for being one of those inspirational women in sport and thank you for your time today as well oh thank you so much and you know it's actually something I do talk about in my book you know going through different weight changes and and all that type of stuff I'll stop rambling soon but um <laughs> you know it, it is really important because it's something that um as women really put themselves out there more and more uh it's it's exciting and CrossFit is definitely a sport that encourages and has um you know equal pay in competitions have uh, incredible platform for women and I think that you know um, I'm very fortunate to be able to um, be a part of that and you know it, it can be really challenging to to change your body um, you know going through pregnancy uh, for me putting on weight for bobsled losing weight for weightlifting all that stuff it, it definitely plays with you mentally um, but for me, it's just a part of the process of trying to achieve my goals. So um, very exciting stuff. But thank you so much, guys, for having me. And uh, I do really hope that, um, you know, people enjoy reading my book. 
and I am so excited for you guys and your <laughs> new future family. Thank you. Oh, thank the, you so much. The final question I was going to ask you, which I was supposed to slide in there before, is I don't know if you've heard about it before, but we have a, we have a sport that's becoming very competitive here and in Europe called High Rocks. Lucy's just competed in the weekend and just missed out by like a minute on the world record, I think. Yeah. Um, do you think that oh. we would ever see you do a high rocks? And if so, if we'd see a doubles between Lucy and Tia? You'd absolutely <laughs> destroy me as your doubles partner. <laughs> so it's really funny because um, is this like a, does, does this just happen in the UK or is this also happening overseas as well in Australia? Yeah, so they've got one in Sydney and one in Melbourne, America. It's really big. Dubai, it's going everywhere. Yeah, now. Dubai. It's really big in the UK and Europe because it was created in Germany, but it's functional fitness oh. racing. So like the one kilometre runs between eight stations. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So James but... Newbery literally just um, asked me the other day if I would be interested to do it at the back end of this year. And I was yeah. like, James, let me get through this season. So <laughs> who knows? You'd be very good at it. It just—it's like CrossFit without the Olympic lifting yeah, and the gymnastics. Yeah, you'd nail oh, it. Oh man, that's really cool. It yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds very hard actually. It is. It's really—it's um, quite a humbling experience. But yeah, we'll we'll go on forever, won't we? <laughs> um, but no, th thank you so much. Um, you're incredible. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.